This is not a regular schedule. <laughs> this is not a regular schedule production. Um, this is a little, little, little side piece that we've been cooking up for a little while now. And if you know what this is, that means you listen on Apple Podcasts. And if you are on Apple Podcasts right now, make sure you leave five stars. We love that. It keeps the lights on, as you can see. Kind of dim a little bit, but with your help, we could really, we could change that. But today, we are continuing our series of Jesus Pieces, where we dissect Bible verses and... Talk about salt, you know? Salt. Talk about church. Church things. Yeah. Religion, Jesus Christ, every Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now that he's back from D.C., from the summer, you know, we can actually do this again. He wanted to joke and go away for vacation for this long, so... We're back now. We're back. Of course, of course, of course. Let me know if y'all want this as a weekly thing. But yeah, yeah. So first, 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 first. Let's 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 do a little housekeeping. How has your relationship been with uh, Jesus since I've been gone? Since the last time we've been on the show. Yeah. So the month of June was kind of tough. How so? It was just out of community. Nobody was there. It was kind of hard to get back into like. The flow of like being a Christian without being in school or being on campus or anything, mm-hmm. and kind of just doing it by yourself because, like, there was no one on campus. I was an RA this summer, so like, the community that I did have, everyone was back home, everyone was gone. So it was like, how do I continue to find the community, have this community, and then also like stay in my word and like stay disciplined? And then July was super good because um, Drew came up, oh, okay. and he was staying with me, so that was nice. We were going to church together. We were reading the Bible together, like we were working out, working on ourselves, and then working with God. Um, that was beautiful. And then August, July and August, they had somersaults, which was nice, and then staying in community and stuff like that. And then yeah, September now came around. We're back with Saul. We had the kickoff last Thursday, which was beautiful. And then, yeah, we had our five-year anniversary today for um, Saul being a church for five years, which was great. Oh, speaking on the whole community aspect, why do you think that's just like a major part of being of religion as a whole, as just Christianity? We were talking about that today actually in church. Like that was like the, the service. Um, oh, God literally says like to be in community, and He created Adam and Eve for that reason. Like Adam was by himself, was like he needs a companion, like because God knew that we would need someone to be with us. That like we needed something that He couldn't give us, which is a human. Like that, we need that that companionship. We need to be connected with humans and like talk to humans and like be around people. Mm-hmm. It's just better for us because mm-hmm. yeah. we're not we're not called to do this life alone. Like we're we're literally called to do it with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, I. The more that I look into psychology, the more that I realize how important it is to have like another person right next to you. Yeah. The reason being, it feels like not even the fact that you're just like not alone, but you're able to multiply the gifts that you do have when you are running around with a group of people, especially when you're all like this. That's what we talked about today. Exactly, exactly. Because, like, I feel, especially when it's, like, uh, if you're going to correlate it to, like, business, you, if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go with a team, right? Because of you can't, I'll I'll talk to Tony about this. Oh, you can't see all the deficiencies that you have in yourself. But the thing is, when you're a good leader, you're able to see where you're lacking and bring it upon others to take you out of that spot and really evolve who you are as a as a totality of a human being. 
because you can't really do everything as good as you want. Because of like, for example, for myself, I have like very bad administrative, yeah. like being on like, um, on a deadline was always a thing that always would like piss me off because it's like, but like, what if I'm just not done? Yeah. So how am I supposed to get this done if I'm like literally just not done? I need more time. Things like that, being able to like plan around individuals has always been like my hard thing. That's why when I am in a team, it feels so much easier where I can just be like creative and just be expressive to the false consensus. Yeah, that's literally, okay, so I was on my phone, my phone, I was putting my notes out. We were literally talking about this today and we were talking about like giving back and like sharing with the church and like this, the, the message in the Acts was like about like money and like your gifts. Mm -hmm. um, God didn't give you those gifts for you to keep to yourself because that's selfish. He gave you those gifts to share amongst other people. Mm. So like you were talking about business, like you are a leader and you know things. Mm. Why would you keep it to yourself? You should want to share and love people just like Jesus did. Jesus would share those ideas with other people mm. and like keep the ball rolling. Because yeah, if you want to go go fast or whatever, like you were saying, that's how it works. Mm. But you want to go far and like you want to have this thing forever and like you want that for other people too. Mm. Like if you call yourself a Christian, you should be wanting to see other people succeed and be happy and you should be loving the people the same way. So yeah, just sharing your gifts is like an important thing and staying in community is for that reason. Mm. Yeah. What do you think is pulling us away from community between each other? People don't love each other. What do you mean by that? Um, people, we're, we're naturally sinful, so it's it's natural for us to be to be selfish and like keep things to ourselves for our for our own gain and our own advantages. Mm. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. No, I do agree. I do agree about the selfish aspect of it, but I feel like it goes a little bit deeper when it gets to the uh, preservation of the thing. Let me explain what I mean by that. Um. It's hard to put yourself in the background and really remove yourself from the situation and not put yourself as like the one to get the gifts when everyone is coming together. It's very easy to like backstab somebody that's next to you because you know you're gonna heal or you're going to get more out of that situation. And especially when it is the short term. But I feel like when you are in a community, that kind of negates that factor because you know you're gonna have to see that person again. If you did them wrong, they're gonna get you, they're gonna get you back. Yeah. And I feel like that's one of the biggest reasons why people are not forced into community, but like chained to that community. Yeah. But when it comes to like breaking each other apart, I feel like when people realize that the relationship that they are creating is for the short term is for the short term, it's there's a lot more emphasis on being able to just get something and then leave. Uh, for example, uh, while I was in LA, a lot of people was like telling me is like, just watch everybody that you're talking to because you you don't know what their true intentions are. Yeah. Because of everyone in that city is like, well, I'm here for work. You don't go to LA just for like hang out. That's it's too expensive just to go there just to just to hang out and stuff like that. So just be aware that some people there that say that they're your friend are they might just see you as an acquaintance at best yeah so for me like the community like my c group going to the salt city like the the church church like not just cosmetics it's like being in that community we we all put god first and when you do that like when you see someone win and like that's your friend mm -hmm. god's right next door mm -hmm. you know and you root for that person because you know he's going to bless you soon too um, what Mike told me is like when you're going through the storm or the trouble, 
you thank God for that because your blessings are to come. And like knowing that it's, it's what am I trying to say? It's needed, it's inevitable. Yeah, like when you put the, when you put God first, like you're less selfish about those things. Like you're, you're actually rooting for people. And you surround that because you know what God has in store for you. And like you know what God says about love. People don't understand that nowadays. And it's just, I got to do this for myself or I got to do this. And they want the glory for themselves. But like if you're a Christian, you know that you give all the glory to God. Nothing's possible without God. Mm-hmm. We live in the era right now where people are self-love this, and that's important, but it's like you're not putting God first. And like when you do win, oh, I did this myself. No, God did that for you. Mm-hmm. You need to give that thanks mm-hmm. to God, and people don't understand that. That's actually really interesting um, about the whole uh, God did it. No, God did it. God did it. It's it's really interesting because of, I feel like that selflessness is one of like the 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 pillars for example in like um military work right they're always saying the whole point is to serve it is never about yourself the in, you as an individual does not matter if it takes away from the progress and the improvement of the group that's why work that's why being in the army or the armed forces is such like a really big thing and compared to like other other occupations yeah yeah um colin He's uh, at Salt, Minneapolis for the U. Mm. He told me this when I was talking about leadership. I'm like, dude, I'm scared that I'm gonna fail or let people down. He's like, you matter. And like, God knows you matter, but you're not the point. Like, like bro, lock in, bro. He told me that, I was like, I was like whoa, and it's like, it's true. Mm. What you're doing matters, who you are matters, mm-hmm. but like, you're not the main point of it. Mm. God is the main point of it. And people like need to get that. People need to be more selfless because it's a lot easier. What did what did MLK say? Hate on hate never wins. Mm. Only love can drive out hate. Mm. And the only way we can do this in this day and age is to keep loving people and keep being patient and keep being persistent with people and like just keep spreading the good news and keep loving people about if I care about you and you care about me the same way and you love me like you love yourself, life will be a lot easier. Mm. But if you're shutting me out or you're selfish, you're never really gonna win because there's always gonna be that void in you that's like never filled because you're always chasing the next thing or the next accomplishment instead of putting other people first. Like it's important to take care of yourself, but take care of other people too. The same as that way. So there's really no need to be selfish or chase these things because you already have like for business, like say it's money that you're chasing after. God already secured your security. Like you're already good. You have nothing to worry about. Yeah, that's not saying give everything you have. But like, if you do have enough, you can give stuff away and still have your stuff that you have. Mm-hmm. And like, there's joy in it. Like, help people's no matter who you are, what you're doing, whatever you believe in. Help people always feels good, even if it makes you feel good or you're doing it to make yourself feel better. Like, there's still joy in it. Mm-hmm. But like, at the end of the day, like, God is telling you to do those things for a reason. And like, being in community, like seeing people that need help. It's gonna bring you joy ultimately, and then them joy because they have those things now, and it's gonna keep spreading that love, like throughout everybody in your community and outside your community. Like, you know, the pay it for stuff that you see on TikTok, or you see those videos where five dollars for you, or I could double, double it and give it to somebody else. Go give it to somebody else because clearly you don't need it right now, and then that's gonna in turn, oh, when I have this now, I can give it to somebody else because I have it now. Mm-hmm. It's just continuing to spread love and joy. Which is what we need right nowadays. I feel that. I feel that. I feel that. But at what point should you be self-preserve? 
preserving and if not if not be self-preserving at what point is it when doing like too much not even don't give it too much but doing the right thing is what you do de- you do you deeming what is the right thing is just wrong like um for for example like that money thing when you are giving so much uh, let's say you actually did need that 500 and instead of you um doubling it you should have kept it for yourself at what point is self-preservation the best call situation i mean accordance with the book like don't give your last because mm-hmm. like, we're talking about this in acts like those people still had like food and stuff but like if you have a large abundance of something, you can spare half of it or something mm-hmm. and give it away. Don't give your absolute last. Like, be smart and be wise with what you do have, and don't just like give it all away. But like, mm-hmm. if you can afford to give stuff, because like in this, they're talking about like a king. I forgot his name, but he gave half of his inheritance away. You can do that. He can afford to do that. Like he's still gonna have stuff left over. But like, don't give absolutely everything away, and then you have nothing. Like, no one told you to do that. But at least. Like for like ties and church, you give ten percent. That's like the mark. Mm-hmm. If you can give more, give more. And that's not telling you to only give ten percent. Like it's telling you to give as much as you can give. Because mm-hmm. like God knows your heart and like He knows what you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The interesting thing about that is, I feel like when it comes to certain people, they use that as excuse to let people take advantage of themselves. Take advantage of them. Yeah. Oh. The, the idea that if I'm just giving that I'm just objectively doing the right thing and then they don't realize that they're getting taken advantage of in the in like multiple aspects of their life especially when it comes to not even like the monetary or like the physical as physical things in the world but more like the time the the effort that they are putting into a relationship just because of it is a relationship that they want yeah. they're willing to go above and beyond every single time but without actually like recognizing the way that the relationship is set up and they end up going into a relationship that is very demeaning towards themselves that doesn't really show them the true love that they actually need and the thing that's then they end up doing that they don't realize that they're going to start taking out that type of anger because i realize that people know when they're taking when they're being taken advantage of even if they might not tell you but they will know deep in their hearts and then you could it's hard to like take that energy and animosity and hit it to other aspects without actually feeling the actual problem yeah absolutely that's why prayer is so so important um why for for me for example we're trying to get deep um so like the like right before the beginning of school year i took two weeks i'm like god knew you're coming up New, new, new people I'm going to meet, new, new adventures I'm going to take, all that. Remove people from my life that are going to distract me from you and your purpose. Mm. And take away relationships, take away things, take away people, take away stuff that's going to distract me and be negative in my life and remove those people and things. Boom. <laughs> okay. There have been four or five people that I was super close with, talked to daily, was with regularly. Don't speak to them no more. Why do you think that happened? Because they weren't going to positively impact my life the way God wanted them to. No, do you think that, like, you started to look at relationships, like, 
more do you start to put more rhetoric on it like they had to like meet more criterias or what do you think was happening it was that and it was just like it happened for a reason like conversations became less for a reason we stopped reaching out less for a reason and that was that was because of power of prayer Mm -hmm. god knows what you do need and what you don't need in your life and a hard time with me is like letting go of those certain things but talking to god and like him giving me signs like prior like these people aren't good for you boom removed mm-hmm. and like for relationships and like friendships and all that like you have to learn when to let go and like being taken advantage of yes you know exactly what you're being taken advantage of but talk to god about it like god what can i do differently and sometimes that answer is you don't need to be around that person anymore because they're not going to help you grow in the way i want you to grow. they're going to distract you from that they're going to take you away from the goal that i have set for you and the longer you hold on the more they're going to pull you back and pull you down which means you're never going to get to where i want you to and something I've learned is either you listen to God or he's going to make you listen. <laughs> and the times that he's made me listen, I wish I would have listened before. Because, like, it, it hurts more. It's it's more painful. And it's like, why did I have to see that, you know, in order for me to let go? I should have just let go when what do you I mean, first had the signs. What do you mean by that? Like, you want to talk about this? That's great. Um, but, um, like, letting go of, like, friends mm-hmm. um it's hard because it's like i grew up with these people i saw them regularly i see them daily and it's like now you look like a terrible person to me or like i just absolutely can't stand you now because of what i've seen you do or what i've been around you doing and it's like i wish i didn't have to see you in that life for me to have to like let go of you as a friend rather than you know we have a talk we're like we got to split ways for a little bit figure it out and then maybe one day we can be friends again mm-hmm. like i'd rather that happen than Okay, now I'm gonna show you something that you didn't want to see in order for you to actually listen. To and them. you see that they're actually grimy. Yeah. You know? they're, then they're, they go behind your back and talk about you and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. It's like now I really can't like be around you or be your friend because it's just not positive for me. And I already knew that prior, but had I listened the first time, you know, I mean, like the first signs that you showed me, then it's what you had. I feel like it's like it's super simple to say that, like in the with foresight now that you've like been through that situation. Yeah. But one thing that I try and teach people is, okay, how do you think is the best way to initiate initiate conversations of ending relationships? Like friendships or relationships? I mean, potato, potato. Just be honest, mm-hmm. just be open and honest. Be like, yo, I'm seeing these patterns in your life and in my life that's just like not aligning and it's not helpful for either one of us. And it's, it's actually more of a hindrance and it's taking us both away from the goal that God has planned for us. And just conversations are going to go the way you want them to go. Like oh, if, you're, if you're timid or you're not sharing how you feel, then you got to expect that it's not going to go anywhere or how you want it to go. But if you're open and honest, like this is how I feel, this is how I feel about it, this is where it's going and this is where it can lead to, you can either one, take the steps to make sure that it doesn't happen or two, be like, it's not going to happen that way. We just... We just can't associate right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, kind of kind of to speak on that. I feel like a lot of a lot of times when it comes to relationships that people aren't willing to actually break off, they will subconsciously just sabotage it in every type of situation that they in any ability that they can, right? Because the body has a way of being self-preserving, right? Um, for example, like when you're saying you just slowly stop talking to the individual like a friend or things like that, I feel like 
not being able to realize that that is what you're doing is a very big hindrance in the mm -hmm. long run because of when you aren't able to actually control what you're doing or control the aspects in your life that you can control, you start to move as if it's like just like a wave and whatever the world wants you to do. That's just what you're doing. And I feel like that's the simplest way to live an unfulfilled life because you can't actually send yourself to a place you want to actually go. Yeah. Who talk about that? Oh, to go, what do you mean? Like the self-sabotage stuff, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, for example, for example, I'll say you, you're messing with this one girl and you just like, don't want to keep messing with this one girl. Let's say when they text, you just slowly start responding less frequently. Yeah. Start using less colorful language than you once were. And then when you work, when you are hanging, when you are hanging out, you're using your phone instead of actually being inside the situation. Uh, let's say you're getting, you're like eating, you're going out to dinner, da, da, da. you might say something, you might like subconsciously say something uh, disrespectful or something that's like really, not nasty, but like backhanded to like the work staff or things like that. Just so you can be like, oh, well, if I'm a bad person, well, she will eventually just get tired of me and just leave. So, and that's the wrong way to do stuff too. Mm -hmm. Always the wrong way to do it. Exactly. It is so much easier. Like, for me, I'm big on like, especially with, like having conversations with people who aren't believers or are coming into the faith. I'm really big on like, I know I'm not the point or whatever, and I, mm -hmm. I'm mad that I'm not the point. But like, for non-believers, when they see you, they see, they see God or Jesus. Like that's just how it works. So like I'm really big on like ending conversations well or ending relationships well or all of that because if you aren't a believer you're gonna see how I live as how we're supposed to live as Christians. So if I mess it up or I'm a bad person to you, quote unquote, then oh well why would I want to be a Christian or why would I want to do this and that if they're just as bad people. Mm -hmm. And I'm really big on like I have to treat people and love people just like Jesus did. Cause like you can never say something bad about someone who was always loving for you or always caring for you or always there for you or always willing to talk to you about anything. Mm -hmm. But you can easily, uh, well, as a Christian, I don't think it's right that you are always treating me disrespectfully. And it might not even be your intentions. Like, you really don't know another way to end it because you're scared to have that conversation with this. Like, it's always worth it to have that conversation and, and, and upset that person and have them feel sad about it. But in the long run, they're going to understand it because... Something I've always, or something I always see is, I'd rather, I'd rather um, offend someone to heaven than what is it? Than comfort them to hell. If I'm oh, being around the bush, I'm not trying to talk to you and try to save your feelings, and it leads to you not ever like coming to know Jesus or ever seeing true love or real love from a person, then I failed. But if I'm like, you know what? This is how I feel. This is how it's going to happen, and you feel offended or you feel hurt. I've tried though. You can never say you didn't hear the gospel from, from me at least. Like, you can never say, oh, he's a Christian that's just, you know, because there's no such thing as a good Christian, but it's like, you're supposed to do your part as a human being too. Okay. And like, from that point of things, you can never say, like from at least me or like people that I hang around, like the community that I'm in, that we didn't try to like share the gospel with you and be a great person to you too. Like we're called to be. That's fair. That's fair. No, it's very, no, it's very insightful. Very insightful. Bad. What was the what was the quote? I would rather offend someone to heaven than comfort them to hell. 
don't know why, but that just sounds it sounds pretty weird. It sounds bad. It's, it's, not, like, it's not that the fact that it sounds like yeah. bad. I feel like it sounds like righteous. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. No. It, that that sense sounds very righteous for for a few reasons. One is that the certainty of of you being right is uh is a part that's like not that it's weird because if you're gonna devote your life to something, you might as well believe that you're right. But I feel like that's why that's a very easy place to get turned off from the whole idea, um, the whole idea of Christianity just being the right way, and without oh you know what we might as well have this conversation now. Um, the idea that you don't have to do anything to be a part to to be quote unquote saved is a part that's very intriguing to a lot of people because I feel like it goes counter counter to the like just like logical point A to point B. Yeah, Christianity is literally like the one religion where you don't have to achieve a status or like climb your way to like salvation or being saved. Mm -hmm. you, you believe that Jesus died for your sins and you believe the gospel to be true. That is a part of you being saved. Now with that being said, yes, you are saved, but like, you still have to do stuff after you have been saved too, which is spread the gospel and spread love and spread like the good news to other people around you too. Okay. So it's not really like you don't, I mean, you don't have to work hard, like your good works, your good deeds, you don't have to do that to be saved. You just believe those two things. But like, if you are a Christian and you believe that Jesus died for your sins, you will also live according like to the way he lived and do the things that he would like believe to be true. Okay. If that makes sense. So it's so it's not that you have to do things, it's that if you believe you will do things. You will, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You will and you should. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I feel that's that's just like but like that being said too, like mm -hmm. as you are saved and you do those things, like that doesn't automatically like bring you to heaven or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like that doesn't make you a good person. Just because you're doing these works doesn't mean you're like a great person. You're still a broken person, and you're still actively trying to find God too, and like seek God and like be in the world. Mm -hmm. Like your good works aren't just gonna save you. Like you still have to believe that Jesus did die for us and have faith in Him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. That was, that's that's a, that's a lot taken. That is a lot taken. Okay. So let me ask you this question: Do you have to be a good person to get to heaven? Is that like a criteria? Because of like the way it sounds, it sounds like you could be a bad. Actually, not even be a bad person. You could be a person that that spews hate without. Being considered a bad person, spewing hate isn't. Let me let me let me explain. <laughs> let me explain. That's that is a very yeah, big word. That's that very, right there is just like that's a that's a very big answer word. right there. Like, okay, that's a, that's a crazy one. Yeah. Um. Let me let me explain what I mean more by that. Oh, let's let's get for for like an example, a smaller example. Let's say uh, the hate like actively hating gays, for example, saying those type of people will just die for their existence. Mm -hmm. 
that points and then moving on to like more extreme examples where of like um the people that do this crime they will they have to go to hell they cannot there's no there's no repentance for those people i feel like that type of uh spectrum is it very much does exist in a lot of ways people see christianity so the fact that they believe those things, they're able to not dictate who can get in, quote unquote, but more like give us give us pretty sharp outline of what is acceptable to move on. I feel like that is a part that already does turn off a lot of people. It's because people interpret the Bible wrong. Um, God never once said in the Bible. Jesus never once said in the Bible that he. He hates gays. Wasn't it like he hates a uh, man and child or something like that? No. Oh. Never. Um, God never once said he hates murderers. Mm -hmm. He told you not to do it because who are you to take someone's life? Mm -hmm. um, God never says he hates someone that gets drunk. Mm -hmm. He tells you not to do it because it leads, it's a sin for one and it leads to other sins. Mm -hmm. As Christians, we're not called to judge anybody. Mm. God can judge you, right? With that being said, we are also called to to hate the sin, you know, but love the sin. Mm, okay. Like that's just automatic. What like, does that mean? Um, so say you go out one night mm -hmm. and you're hammered. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna judge you or hate you for it. That's not my place. Mm -hmm. That's between you and God, as you always say. Mm -hmm. That's between me and God, mm -hmm. right? So I'm gonna leave it between you and God. Mm -hmm. I'm still gonna love for you and care for you and make sure you're okay. Because mm -hmm. that's what I'm supposed to do. That's all I can do. Mm -hmm. Someone that, like for instance, I work in a jail. Someone that just was in there for committing like a huge murder on his family. Mm -hmm. It's a sad thing that's happened. It's tragic. They can't hate you for it though. Mm -hmm. That's not my place. I can't judge you for it. That's not my place. Am I gonna be sad? Am I gonna be worried? Yes. That's human nature. Mm. But I'm still going to love you and take care of you like I do everyone else in the jail because that's what I'm supposed to do. That's mm. all I can do. Mm. Mm. And that's that's really all it is. Like, yeah. So it's the people get the, the wrong impression on the idea where it's like an individual has the say all on yeah. who can enter and who won't and yada, yada, yada yeah. from that point of view. Because the church, most churches interpret that wrong or they speak on behalf of God. You're not God. You're not, you don't know. You could be a Christian your whole life and still maybe not get into heaven because of things. Mm -hmm. We don't know that because mm -hmm. that's only God that can make that decision. Mm -hmm. Not for us to understand, it's for God to understand. And when people get messed up is that they try to understand what God understands. God is way too complex and way too big for us to ever just simply understand. Mm -hmm. That's not our place. Our place is to, to read the Bible, read the good news, and live in accordance to Jesus. And that is, not saying you have to be perfect, by no means. Mm -hmm. There was only one perfect person and he died for our sins, so our sins would be forgiven. So our job is to, when we do sin or we do mess up, run, run, repent, mm -hmm. ask to be forgiven and, and you know, keep living the way that he would wanna live. No one's ever calling you to be perfect, that's not the goal. The goal is to be you and to work towards the way God wants you to live. But never once calls you to be perfect, never once says, can't sin no more because God knows us. We're gonna sin. Like that's human nature. It's a natural for us to go sin. Like that's just gonna happen. Mm -hmm. He's never once saying, "Don't sin. Stop sinning now." 
be perfect for us or what. That's not possible. It's not attainable. And the more, like for me, when I was first starting off, like, oh, I'm gonna keep a streak of how long I haven't done this thing. You're gonna do that inevitably now. And then when you fail, it's like, oh, I messed up so bad. But this is the beautiful thing about, about God is he, well, he gives us grace. Mm -hmm. It's something that we can't earn. It's something that he just gives us mm -hmm. because of the fact that Jesus died for us. So when you do sin, you have the grace. Like, you can get back up. You can keep walking. Like, you don't got to stay down forever. And if you do stay down, don't be there forever. Make sure you get back up because God is, he's giving you that grace already to get back up and keep going. I feel like this is a good spot to end for the recap. How did you like the first uh, salt back? Bro, it was beautiful. Also, it was like, the capacity was like 300 some people, mm -hmm. like max. Mm -hmm. and we had upwards of 570 people. Oh, wow. So we had chairs in the aisles and everything, and like, it was beautiful. I'm glad that everyone's back on campus, and like, yeah, we can keep working. Saw a bunch of Korean football guys there, so I was glad they all came. It was, it was a beautiful night, though. It was, it was wonderful. I feel that. I'm excited to see God work. Not only in St. Paul, but like the U of M too. Because I heard their kickoff was was amazing. They had to reschedule and put it, or not reschedule, but change the location and put it inside because it was raining on Friday. But uh, they had a great turnout too. It was it was beautiful. Did you suppose that one? I couldn't. No, I, I I liked it. I liked it. I feel like it was a perfect beginner's course yeah. to Absolutely. to what salt is Christianity and uh, all the above yeah. because of like. The story that he gave, that that Tony preached on, it seemed as if like it was super easy to digest it. Yeah. And it was super easy to like see yourself in the position of of the what was her name, if you know. Um, the woman. That yeah. Someone she didn't have any. Her name was. Oh, just just be bleeding woman. It was a bleeding woman. Okay. But yeah. Like, Jesus called her daughter. Mm -hmm. That was a great story because yeah. it was like no matter who you are you're never too far from god and like everyone's deserving to know jesus mm -hmm. everyone is doesn't matter who you are where you are you deserve to know jesus mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. um an idea that i was thinking about recently when i was hearing that because when i ended up i read uh matthew mark and i read one more all the way through right and as i was reading it i realized the way the bible is set up is it's set up as if it's the perfect book and I'm starting to realize that like a lot of books take cues from the Bible and from early scriptures such as the Bible, things of that nature. Because of like, I don't know, it seems like there was a perfect story arc to it. And the fact that, wait, do you believe that um, everything in the Bible happened or do you believe that everything in the Bible is like an allegory to something to learn? I, what do you mean? Like, I feel like the whole point of the book, the there might have not actually been a bleeding lady, but the point of the, the that story was to let you know that anybody can be saved by Jesus. I, I've talked about this before. I feel like it's like, not with you, but I've talked about it before. It's like there's certain context and certain things from the Bible, but like the stories like that one, I believe to be true. Mm -hmm. um, and like the stuff in the Bible, I believe to like, like the Bibles and stuff like that, I, I believe the whole truth. That's like the most authoritative thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, mean, I, I believe the Bible to be true like everything that's said in the Bible has happened and, and to be true. Mm -hmm. But like, what was it? I think it's in Psalms that we're talking about like he walked with you through green pastures. Did God actually, or did Jesus come and walk with you? Probably not. But like metaphorically, it's like he's always going to be with you. Like oh, stuff okay. like that. 
like it depends on the context of like what you're reading. Like for did God actually come down and walk with me through those green pastures or whatever? Probably not. It was mm. more that let you know that God's always going to be with you no matter where you are. Oh, okay. Yeah. So just just recognizing like the because like I write a lot of I write a lot of books and like scripts and things like that of those yeah. those type of natures and I'm just like realizing how not easy to digest but just like intuitively it is how intuitive it is to digest the Bible especially exactly yeah. and I feel like it's it's designed that way yeah. not not to like trick you into just like agreeing to what it is. But more like, um, what's a better way for me to put that? Uh, it's an easy way for you to run with it, in a sense. Um, the reason why it's so relatable is because it's a timeless book. Mm-hmm. And like, it's the God in the universe that is in the book. He knew these things would happen again. So like, if you read into the Bible, like revelations, you can see like epidemics and stuff like that happening. Mm-hmm. God knew it was gonna happen again, and like He wrote it for people to know, like when these things do happen, you can come run into the Bible and see how to handle it, or see what's going on, or like see how to fix it. Like for me, my favorite book in the Bible is the Book of Job. When I'm reading the book, I'm like, this guy he was desperate, he was lonely, he had everything stripped and taken away from him. He was doubting God. He was listening to the devil. He was, he, he was, was yeah, he was, he was listening to the flesh and like not following God for answers or like questioning God and like, God, why is this happening to me? Mm. Just let me for Oh, Like, and it, and it hits because like the characters in the Bible, the things that happen in the Bible, it happens regularly. Like, this is daily because we are humans. Mm. He should repeat himself all the time. So like when you read the Bible, it's like, it's easy by all oh, this couldn't have happened or why is it so relatable to me exactly? Because God knew it was going to happen again. Like he wanted you to read it so you could know exactly what to do better and like how to handle these situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I believe in the truth. Oh, that's that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Oh, um, to to branch off from that, um, it's not even the the aspect of it needing to be true that why it's so um, powerful to individuals reading it. It's the fact that. You're able to not the fact that it's relatable. That's not even the the biggest point. It's the fact that how easy it is to like see others in those positions. I feel like that's what was really like see yourself in those shoes. Not not seeing me, oh. but like seeing another person, seeing like the life that they're living, and be able to like um, put that story into their own life. Yeah. And I feel like that is very needed when you are trying to discuss. Try to discuss the Bible because, like, speaking on the thing we were earlier saying before uh, about community, it's such a big aspect of it because you need to be able to see that everyone that you're around is living the exact same life for you to not be so self sabotaging on the other relationships. Because if you know that they're going through the same thing that you're going through, then you're more likely to show compassion to the other person. Because, of, for example, like for kids, they they usually they don't really like understand empathy so you have to tell them to say the the idea of oh treat others the way you want to be treated because if they don't understand that other people want to be treated the way that they want to be treated but they know how they want to be treated so they just act upon that because like yeah we're all broken and then like god lets us know that Mm -hmm. 
mean, it's like, who are you to judge somebody for being broken or going through something like, you're the same exact way. Mm -hmm. Which is why community is so important is because like, you can talk about those things and like, help help each other. While you didn't know people were struggling. Yeah, while you're writing notes, what were you writing on? What was like the points for that kept sticking today up? Today or yeah. for, oh, for today? Off. Today? Mm -hmm. What I wrote about today was like, Invite people into your home and share the joy of people as Jesus did. Um, and like be missional and like outgoing and like trying to help people. Because like if you fail to be missional first, you'll fail to just be missional, period. Type of thing. What does that mean? Like if your goal isn't to be missional and like to love people and go spread the gospel, then what are you really doing it for? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I got from The act of opening up your opening up your home to another person. Sounds crazy, don't you? Oh yeah, Loki. Yeah, this is just a tad. I feel like it's so easy to push people away. Good nature. Yeah. It's, it's hard to be vulnerable and be open. Cause it's like if you really wanted to, you could be by yourself. Except for the like the occasional link here and there, but it's not like a it's not a mandatory thing to be around people. I don't feel like. I think it is not mandatory. It depends like what it is. Who it is like? Yeah, in prayer and like doing your own day to day life, it's okay to like do it by yourself. But like, it's also very important to have community. So like, when you do feel alone, or, like you feel like you have no one to talk to, like you know it's not true. Because, mm. like, the enemy is very easy to, like, tell you things that aren't true. And, like, you believe them because, like, you just believe them. Mm. But, like, being community, you know those things aren't true because there's also other people that are going through the same thing that are telling you that's not true. Yeah. But, all right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This is pretty fun. And leave a like, comments, saw them jokes. Share it to your pastor. Share it to your mother. Your grandmother. Bro, they don't know. Alright, great jokes. Yeah, beautiful.